1: We'll begin the story shortly, but right now, I don't want to interrupt Mr. McGee's daydreams.
2: Soldier, sailor, tinker, tailor, doctor, lawyer... Indian
3: chief. (laughs) Stop naming your buttons, McGee. Your destiny's already decided. I know,
2: but that's an old kid day habit. Papa used to play it with me.
3: Guessing what Johnny and Jane will grow up to be is still a favorite game with parents.
2: Guessing's one thing and doing's another. That's where the Prudential's education plan comes in. It's one way to wrap the whole business up safe and sure while the kids are still young.
3: Actually, there's no better way for mothers and fathers to guarantee money for the children's education. Even if Dad isn't here when the time comes for school, Prudential's education plan will provide the money for college expenses. You know, tuition, room and board, books, clothing, and all that.
2: And the best part of the plan is that it's a little-by-little proposition. You pay for it over the years while the youngsters are growing up.
3: When they're ready for the campus, you're ready with cash. But it's important to start now to build a prudential insurance program for your children's education. So call your prudential agent first thing. He'll be delighted to give you details.
1: Funny thing about manual labor. You give the average guy a spade and tell him there's buried treasure around here someplace, and he'll dig up a square block without even getting winded. But... Give the same guy the same spade and tell him you want your flower beds dug up. Here's what he sounds like.
2: Digging <sighs> <sighs> yeah. up flower beds is sure a lot of work, Molly.
3: Oh, but it's certainly worth it, dearie, when you see all those little flowers poke their pretty heads up out of the ground and say hello. If
2: any of them ask for me, you can tell them I'm in bed with a bad back. Because that's where I'll be when this job
0: is done.
3: Oh, you're mommy's big, strong boy. You can do anything.
0: Say, hi there, neighbor. Oh, hello,
3: Lester. Hi.
0: The reason I came over is to bring you something, Miss McGee. A package of flower seeds. Oh. We sent a dime to our congressman, me and Sally. And he sent us two packs of these by mistake instead of one. They're fuchsias, see? Oh,
3: fuchsia. I've always wanted to try them.
0: You're welcome to them. Uh, You have to plant them in the shade, though, see... See what it says there? Shade.
2: Gee whiz, Molly, the only shady spot out here is alongside Alyssa's fence there, and that ground's harder than a flophouse bed over there.
3: Oh, it's not too hard for you, I bet. Your mommy's big strong... Give me
0: the seeds. <laughs> Gee
3: here you are. Thanks, Lester. Very nice of you to do oh, this. Oh, that's
0: all right, Miss McGee. I like to be neighborly. After all, what are neighbors for? A good question. If not to help each other out, I always say... You know, I, I think that's what's the matter with the world today. Neighbors ignoring each other's problems instead of working side by side uh, together.
2: Well, sir, neighbor, I want to tell you that those are my sentiments exactly. They are? What you're actually saying, neighbor, is we ought to be neighborly. We ought to make every day help-your-neighbor day. In fact, it'd be a fine thing to have a help-your-neighbor week. Right, neighbor?
0: Well, uh... Yeah, yeah, I guess that'd be a fine... And I... since we
2: both feel that way about it, why not start right now, this minute?
3: Now, McGee, I know what you're up to, and don't because you...
0: Because, after all, that's true neighborism, helping your neighbor, right? Neighbor?
3: McGee, that's...
0: By there. golly, I'm i am glad we think alike, Mr. McGee. And uh, if you want to start Help Your Neighbor Week right now, you can count on me. Uh, you got another shovel? Right there behind you, neighbor. Good. Now, uh, you just come along with me. You... Huh? A couple of months ago, they dumped some coal in our cellar by mistake. You see, we got an oil burner, and I've been wanting to shovel it all in barrels and send it back with a nasty note, and with your head... Hey, come back here with that shovel. (laughs) Neighbor, hey, Les.
2: Well, of all the silly wise guys... this is work at least it's shady here by the fence but gee who is this
4: hey mr mcgee hi Uh, oh hi what you doing mr mcgee with the shovel what you doing besides leaning on it
2: i'm digging up a flower bed so mrs mcgee can plant some flowers sis and i'm in no mood for light conversation so don't start anything what's
4: this for mister what's this for this little hole here did you make this little hole no no and run
2: along will you because let me see there a minute I don't remember seeing this dirt pushed up there in this little hole. Hey,
4: there's something in there. Huh? Lookie, it's moving, see? It's a little animal or something. Hey, get
2: back, Teenie, get back, look out.
4: Gee, mister, you're not going to hit it with that shovel, the poor little thing. Stay back,
2: it might be a rattlesnake or something.
4: Rattlesnakes don't burrow, mister. Hey, here he comes. He's poking his little head out.
2: Yeah. Well, for the... What the heck is that thing?
4: (laughs) I don't know, but isn't he cute, sticking his head out?
2: Looks like the burrow a mole makes, but that's not a mole or a gopher. I've seen plenty of them. (laughs)
4: Look at him.
2: (laughs) Look at that pointed head
4: and that little beard. Yeah.
2: Boy, if he isn't the stupidest looking thing I ever...
4: Oh, you hurt his feelings. There he goes, back in the hole.
2: Boy, oh, boy, if that isn't the oddest looking thing I ever... Molly! Hey, Molly, come on out here quick and bring the encyclopedia, the big one. I think we discovered something. (laughs)
1: There's more fun with the McGee shortly. Our natural resources are an integral part of this nation's strength and security. And yet, every day, good Americans go into our invaluable forests and grasslands and set flaming torches to them. These fires, an average of 500 of them every day last year, burned an area that would make a strip nearly a mile wide around the earth at the equator. It would be impossible to total the actual amount of damage done, of our national loss in dollars, in vitally needed timber, rangelands, wildlife, homes, property, and lives destroyed. And most appalling of all is the fact that 90% of this destruction was due to human carelessness or indifference. Yes, only 10% of all forest fires are caused by lightning. The rest are caused by men, women, and children. A little care, a little thoughtfulness is all that's needed to eliminate forest and grass fires. When you're out in the open, be doubly cautious. Don't throw away lighted cigarettes or matches and leave a campfire unattended. Always remember, only you can prevent forest fires.
2: Right there, Molly. It stuck its head out of this hole right here.
3: Hmm. Give me that description again and slowly.
2: Well, like I said... He had a small pointed head.
4: Yeah, and long curved teeth.
2: Yeah, and little pointed ears that kind of droop like a cocker spaniel's.
4: Mm-hmm, and a kind of a fat little nose parted in the middle. <laughs> mm,
2: yeah.
3: My goodness, I wish he'd come up again. This I would like to see. Yes, yeah, so would I.
2: I often wonder what McGee looked like as a baby, and this sounds like a perfect description. <laughs> oh, hi, Waddlebottom. Hello, Doctor. Hey, hello. Did you hear what we just saw, Teeny and me? I heard your description of what you said you saw. <laughs>
4: doctor.
2: Oh, hiya, teeny. You better get him out of the sun, Molly. He's cooked. Oh, is that so? (laughs) That's just like you, you big antiseptic skeptic. If it ain't something you can give ether to and take tonsils out of, you don't believe it. But you believe us, don't you, Molly?
4: Sure, don't you, Miss McGee?
2: Oh, never mind, teeny. We're just wasting our time. Columbus had the same problem, same kind of people, disbelievers.
3: Oh, now, McGee, I didn't say I didn't believe you. It's just, well, such a strange-sounding thing. Yes,
2: if whatever you saw would stick his head out of that hole, so Molly and I could get a look at it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, shh. I think I hear something scratching down there.
4: Yeah, everybody be quiet.
2: Maybe he'll come out again.
4: And if he does, no cracks now about how funny-looking he is. That's what I insulted him the last time I made him run away, and nobody will believe us, but because we... Teeny.
2: shh. Now, let's just all sit down here. Round the hole and wait. That's it. Sooner or later, he'll come up and you'll see what... It hey, Molly, Doc, come on back, please. Any minute now.
4: Yeah, he's been down in there a whole hour. He's got to make a break for it sometime. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Teeny, I got to go. But if he does come out, McGee, you catch him. And if he fits that description you gave me, I'll give each of you kids a quarter.
3: <laughs> so long. And you'd better get back to your spading, McGee. It's getting late. Dinner will be ready in a half an hour.
2: Huh.
4: Yeah.
2: I think we made the whole thing up. dad rat that little what's-it anyway. Making a couple of dopes out of us like that.
4: Yeah.
2: At least it could have done was show itself again. So they'd believe us. Just stick its stupid-looking head up out of that hole. There he is.
4: There he is. Hey, quick, teeny, grab him. Grab him.
2: Oh, dead rat, the dead rat. He's gone again.
4: Oh, gee.
2: Hey, wait a minute. I got a terrific idea, Teenie. I got a piece of strong cord over here somewhere. Yeah, here it is.
4: What you gonna do with this string, mister? You gonna tie some bait on and fish down the hole?
2: Nope. I'm making a noose, Teenie. And I'm gonna drape it around that hole. And the next time our little friend sticks his silly-looking noggin out of there...
4: Oh, gee, mister, don't hurt him. He's cute, so don't... I
2: won't hurt him. Wait till I get it fixed around the hole here.
4: Hey, when we catch him... Could I have him for a pet? Could I? hmm? He'd be swell to scare my teachers with. Toads and spiders don't work anymore. They're used to them.
2: Shh. I got the trap all set. Now let's be real quiet and wait because...
4: Hey, he's moving in there. Huh? Yeah, he's moving. I can hear him. Sounds like he's coming up again. He is. See, there's his whiskers.
2: Okay, little Watsus. just stick your head way out. I'm waiting for you this time, boy. Move out of the way, teeny, so as I can give it a good yank.
4: Don't, don't tear his beard now. That's the cutest part. Don't ruin it. Uh-oh. Here it comes. Here he comes. There, there's his little fat nose. Yeah,
2: and his little pointed head.
4: And the beard.
2: Now, wait. Wait till his head comes clear out and...
0: Huh? I got him! Hey, what the heck? He flew apart. Hey, gee whiz, Mr. McGee, now you went and broke it. What? Oh, you ruined my little mechanical chipmunk. I didn't have a chance to pull a gag on anybody but you. Gag? You mean? Gag, you mean? Sure, I spent a whole half hour digging that hole and getting him all set. I've been squatting behind my fence there all afternoon working it, and now you ruined it. Well, I've all. You the... pour the valve out of it. You busted the spray. Ah, oh,
4: this is ridiculous.
1: We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. You have never heard anything like Monitor. Monitor, the newest of the new in NBC radio that defies description. Every secret door of the world opens up when you listen to Monitor. Starting this coming Saturday in the early morning until late Sunday evening, Monitor utilizes the speed of radio, the immediate sound of radio, the gigantic scope of radio to bring you anything and everything from the world of entertainment and ideas. You may hear a complete two-hour Broadway show or your next-door neighbor commenting on the State of the Union. Monitor will take you anywhere in the world in a matter of seconds. Monitor is the show that is vitally there at the exact moment of happening. Hear this exciting and unusual new program, Monitor, starting Saturday. And your friends, the McGees and the Great Gildersleeve, will be heard on Sundays as usual. Remember, Monitor NBC for the best in radio entertainment.
3: For heaven's sake, is that what that was out in our yard, a mechanical chipmunk?
2: Yeah, Les bought it in a gag shop. (laughs) Oh, It has a long rubber tube attached that you bury in the ground, and every time you squeeze the rubber ball, his little head pops out of the hole, and his ears stand up, and he makes that funny noise that Teenie and I heard.
3: Oh, what'll they think of next? And why?
2: Well, can I
3: or can't I? Okay, here's a dollar. Who are you going to try it on?
2: Doc Gamble, the big skeptic. Who else? Boy, boy, oh, boy, I can't wait to see the look on his fat puss when the thing pops out of that pot of geranium down to his office and the patient's all run. Deary,
3: before you go...
2: Hmm? Oh,
3: yeah. Good night. Good night, all.
1: Fibber McGee, and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed with Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble and Robert Easton as Les. This is John Wald making a date with you for tomorrow, same time, to hear another zany adventure involving Fibber McGee, and Molly. Join the great Gildersleeve for more fun in Summerfield tonight on the NBC radio network.